his heart. This is he which received by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word and and with joy receives it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but endureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receiveth seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. But he that received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Amen? Praise God. I want to talk to you tonight on this subject of being pressed into the kingdom. Being pressed into the kingdom. How many has ever been in a pressed situation? Ain't that fun? How many like pressure? <laughs> uh, amen. Nobody likes pressure, do we? Amen. If you do, we have a good psychologist for you to see later. Uh, maybe they can help you. <laughs> but, you know, the truth of it is tonight, nobody likes pressure. Nobody likes for somebody to pressure them into doing something. Nobody likes pressure on their job. No one likes pressure uh, to be placed upon them in any way, shape, or form in life. But the reality is life brings pressure to us. Can you say amen? You can do what you do. You can go where you go. You can try to avoid it. You can do your best to get around it. But at some point, in some place in your life, you will have to deal with the pressures of life. Today, men, our hearts are failing them because of the pressure that life has placed upon them. Today, people are losing losing it mentally because of pressure that is put upon them. But the Bible teaches us tonight that there is a pressure that is good. Amen. And I want to talk to you tonight about it because you see what is interesting to me when I read this story again uh, here in verse 21, it says that for when tribulation and persecution ariseth because of the word, amen, because of the word, tell your neighbor, neighbor, that ain't the devil. Amen. That ain't your spouse. That ain't the boss man. Come on, somebody. That's the word of God. Amen. That puts pressure upon his people. Amen. And he said, even by that, that some will be offended. Amen. But there is tribulation that comes. Now, here, this Greek word tribulation in the Greek means pressure. It means affliction anguish, burden, persecution, and trouble. All things that we love. Everybody likes some good trouble, right? Uh, Everybody likes to be persecuted and to have burdens put upon them and, and to deal with the pressure of the day and the affliction and the anguish. But this story talks to us about the possibilities of a person that is saved and happy and yet they're enjoying their life for a season, but then the pressures of life come and because there is no root system, they are not able to stand when the pressure comes. Amen. 
You see, whenever, uh, and we may talk about the root system someday, but you see, roots have different things. It, they can surprise you. Roots and trees, some trees can grow very tall, very quickly, and yet they'd have no root system to sustain them. And when the trouble comes, when the pressures come, when the winds come, they'll blow over very easily, right? But you can you can look at you can look at the outside of a thing and and, and it looks like there is nothing there to sustain it. I, I remember trying to move some uh, shrubs one time. Those you know the shrubs, those things they put around your house to annoy you, and you got to mow around and all of that. And, and I thought, well, I'll just get me a shovel and I'll dig around it a little bit and I'll just yank it out of there, and, and that'll be that. And to my amazement, I had a hole big enough to bury my truck in and still had to get the truck to pull it out. And when I pulled it out, it was pulling up roots. It was going under the house and out into the yard. And they was going, seemed like hundreds of feet in every direction because it had a root system. Amen. I want to tell you, but you see, there is a main root that goes down deep. And that main root goes down because that that just runs on the surface can gather water when it rains quite a bit. But the deeper the root gets, even though it may be dry on the surface, come on somebody, amen, even though that there may not be look like that there's much to maintain it, that root will go deep down into the ground and it will draw water. It'll draw, amen, the strength that is needed to sustain. That, that shrub or that tree even in the day of trouble. And God says the reason why that, that some will fall by the wayside is because they don't have that root system in place. Amen. Trouble comes and finds them and because they haven't been uh, rooted and grounded when persecution, when pressure comes, when trouble comes, it comes and it will knock them out of their place that God has ordained for them. Amen. But I want to tell you, when we're first saved, God's grace and goodness is upon our life and it, and it seems like everything we pray for, it, God answers it like that. It seems like that whenever we first start walking with God, there isn't anything we can't ask for that he don't give us. It seems like that everything we touch turns to gold. And then as we begin to walk with the Lord on this journey, uh, suddenly the things that we we used to say, well, God, you, you did it this way, you did it that way. And we find out that it isn't so much about him answering prayer as it is a faith walk. And... Even though he may not answer my prayer instantly, though he may not answer my prayer the way I wanted it and thought it ought to be answered, uh, it doesn't move me from who I am in Christ Jesus. Amen. It doesn't move me because I don't feel great chill bumps and wind blowing and, and glory coming down. It, it doesn't move me. But why? Because I'm rooted in the word of God. I've got me a, a place that in, in his kingdom that has that I've been forced into, that I've been pushed into, that I've been grounded in, so that none of these things that come will move me. Amen. Here, here we find this person in chapter 13, and now the burdens start coming in, the persecution starts coming. Amen. Trouble starts breaking out in his family. Sickness starts coming to his house. Huh? A difficulty starts breaking out on the job and the pressure begins to build. Amen. And you have to make a choice. Do I believe God or do I walk away? Do I serve him with my whole heart or do I re release and let go of this that God has called for me to do? Amen. You see, if you're firmly rooted, you have made up your mind that you're going to follow the Lord no matter what takes place in your life. Amen. You have rooted and you're grounded in him, in your faith, and, and you have nothing to go back to. It is him and him alone, and that is the only one that you have. And because of that, you've put your faith, your confidence, and your trust in him, and you have said, I am a part of the kingdom of God, no matter what comes or what goes. Amen. See, the American church has made God out to be a Santa Claus. Amen. 
And whenever, you know, I believe in prosperity, I believe in the blessing, I believe that when we give, that we sow and we reap. It's seed time and it's harvest. Come on, somebody. Don't look at me like you don't know. Come on. How many has ever been blessed by God? Amen. You sow and you reap. Amen. You give and it's given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, good measure, running over. He calls us men to give into our bosom. Amen. All of those things are good. But you see, what we have to understand is, is that God is in a slot machine where that, that you put a quarter in and you get a hundred out. He is in a Santa Claus that comes and just gives you everything, give you, give you, give you all of these things because we have been made to believe. We, now, everything can be taken to extremes, right? How many heard, uh, heard that? Everything can be taken to extremes, and that's the problem. We, we are on one side of the pendulum or the other, but there's got to be a balance in the road that we learn to walk in. Amen. And, and, and God has been made out to be a Santa Claus where the people think if they give a $1,000 seed or a gift and they don't get a Mercedes, that God ain't God. Amen. Uh, that if, if we give a $10,000 gift and, and God don't give us a mansion, then something's wrong. But I want to tell you tonight that God is good all the time. Amen. His mercy endures forever. And even though that the things that we may have these temporal things, he said that these things are just carnal. These things are temporary. But he said you need to focus your mind on things that are eternal. Praise God. And I don't give. I give because I love the Lord. Not because I want to give. But it, the secondary consequence of my giving is that God will bless me. Come on, somebody. He blesses me because I give unto his kingdom. But I, it, And I want to tell you today that it's all right for you to, to say, God, I'm giving because I have a need and I'm sowing this seed according to this uh, principle, according to this word of God. But we've also got to understand that if that doesn't happen, he's still God. We don't quit God because we didn't get the car we wanted. We don't quit God because we didn't get the house we thought we ought to have. We don't quit God because the job quit on us. Amen. God's bigger than that. We've got to be rooted and grounded in this thing. Amen. And understand what comes or what goes. I've made up my mind that I am going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. If sickness comes to my body, I'm going to fight it like it's sin. And I'm going to take authority over that thing. And I'm going to declare the word of God over that thing. And I'm going to believe God for divine healing for my body. I'm going to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. But listen to me. Amen. If, God, if a sickness takes me out with my last breath, you can count it on it. That I'm going to be blessing God as I'm checking out of here. Why? Because God is greater than sickness, affliction. He is greater than turmoil. He is greater than trouble. And we've got to understand that the God that we are serving is greater than the temporary things of this earth. And we've got to be rooted and grounded and planted and not serving God for the loaves and the fishes. But because he is God and he alone, I have made up my mind. I will be rooted and grounded and planted in the kingdom of God. Amen. We've got to stand by night in the house of the Lord. Amen. You see, too many times we give up because pressure comes, because affliction and anguish, because burdens and persecution and trouble comes. We act as though that because we're in the kingdom that we're exempt from trouble. But how many love the Lord with your whole heart and trouble found you? Paul said, think it not strange when these fiery trials come upon you. In other words, he said, get ready for it. In the words of Bishop Jakes, get, 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 get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> because it is coming. It will come. But in the midst of trouble, God will use it for your good if you keep the right attitude. Tell your neighbor, keep the right attitude. If you're not firmly rooted and have, have not made up your mind that you're going to serve the Lord, when trouble comes, when pressure comes, you will depart from the faith. We don't understand kingdom in America. But if we're going to be Christian, we've got to understand kingdom.
because we're in a kingdom. And in order for you to have the benefits of the king, you have to be in the kingdom of the king. Amen. And the closer you are to the proximity of the king, the greater covering you're going to have of that king. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Amen. So we have to make up our mind if we're going to be in the kingdom. Amen. It doesn't rule by, it doesn't rule by uh, uh, voting. It doesn't rule by who thinks it's a good idea. The king runs the kingdom. Amen. And so whatever the king has, it isn't so that you can have a dictatorship. It is so that you, the king can, can bless his people. Glory to God. And you see, that's what the good thing about God is. He isn't there to be a dictator to you to say, this is the way I want it so that it can work something out for my good. He wants to be the king and is the king of his kingdom so that he and he wants you to be a part of his kingdom, staying close enough to him so that he can bless you with all spiritual blessings. That everything that pertains to life and godliness, God wants to pour out into our lives. Amen. But we've got to be rooted in the kingdom of God. We've got to be grounded in the kingdom of God. And so we must be in the kingdom to have the benefits of the king. Amen. Let's look at Matthew chapter 19. Verse 23. Matthew chapter 19, verse 23. Y'all having fun yet? Tell your neighbor, it looks like I'm having more fun than you. I can't even get you to talk tonight. Tell your neighbor, it looks like I'm having more fun than you. Then Jesus said to his disciples, surely I say unto you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, When with men it is impossible, with God all things are possible. He's talking here about us entering into the kingdom. And he says that it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom. He, and, and a lot of times we get caught up on that. And I even hear people talk about, you know, folks that are rich and, and have, have prospered and are blessed and, and talk negative. But that's not that what this scripture is about at all. He is telling us that we've got to release, we've got to get things off of us so we can get into the kingdom. Amen. The eye of the needle, right, is the entrance of the city. It's the gate of the city. And so when at nighttime, they would close up the portion of the gate, the great gate, so that if when you came in late, you couldn't just sashay in, but they would have to unload their camel. The camel would have to get down on its knees and crawl through the eye of the needle. It's telling us that we have to humble ourselves if we're going to get into the kingdom. That we've got to unload everything off of us. We've got to unload the burdens. We've got to unload the guilt. We've got to unload the condemnation. We've got to unload yesterday. And we've got to get down on our knees and humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God. And in doing so, we can go into the kingdom. He says, with man, this is impossible for anyone to do it. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. How many know this, this flesh is prideful? This flesh don't want to humble down to nobody. It don't want to submit to authority. It doesn't want to apologize. It doesn't want to say I'm wrong. It doesn't want to, to bow down even to God. And he says it's impossible with man, but with God, all things are possible. Praise God. Now let's go on to Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 10. And it said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are you when men shall revile you, persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets which were before you. Amen. God says when persecution comes for righteousness sake, when, when all manner of evil comes against you, he don't say, they'll come into testimony service and say, that devil's been riding my back all day long. And I want somebody to pray for me that I don't backslide before I get out of here tonight. What's he say? He says, rejoice. Rejoice. How, how, why should I rejoice if I'm being persecuted? Why should I rejoice, amen, if all manner of evil is speaking falsely against me uh, for Christ's sake? He said, rejoice. Why? Because your reward is great. Amen. He said there is a trouble, there is tribulation, there's persecution. But he said, you aren't the first one. He said, they persecuted the prophets which were before you. Amen. I wouldn't want to be in line behind Paul for nothing in testimony service in heaven. Huh? Come on, somebody. I mean, you know, he gets up there and starts saying, I, I count it worthy to be a suffer for the cause of Christ. He said, I was shipwrecked. I was a stone and left outside the city for dead. I was beaten with rods three times. He was talking about all this and he says, it was an honor for me. I couldn't imagine getting up behind all that and say, they said bad things about me. <laughs> Come on now. Amen. They didn't like my preaching. <laughs> right? But they suffered persecution. They suffered affliction. They suffered hardship. But he said, rejoice, not because of what you're going through, but because there's a reward ahead of you. Amen. You're going to you're going to go through hardship, but he said that God is going to sustain you and he is going to give you the blessing in heaven. Glory to God. Now let's look at Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through him whom also we have access by faith into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. What? <laughs> Why do we glory in tribulation? Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. How many understand that whenever tribulation comes, that you are entering into a process? Amen. Now, now, I know there's some folk that don't believe in process. I know they, they think that once you get saved, that, that, you know, that you're stepping on cloud nine and leaping for cloud 10 and bluebirds singing at your house every day. But and, and I hope it works like that for them. But it just don't work that way for me. There's process that we go through. There's difficult times that we go through. And God says that we also glory in tribulation. Why do we glory? Because we know that tribulation produces perseverance. Amen. Now, whenever somebody, and I know that you've heard me since I've pastored here, I've told you, but you know, I, I, if I'm going to find me somebody that's going to worship and praise, I'm going to find me somebody that's been through something because they're the people that know how to praise God and they don't, their praise isn't uh, determined by their circumstances, but their praise is determined about their God. Amen. And I want you to know that we've got to come to a place that tribulation does not determine 
if we're going to bless God, if we're going to come to church, if we're going to worship God, but this tribulation is going to produce perseverance in my life. That's going to mean that when trouble comes, when difficult times come, nothing is going to be able to sway me or change me. Praise God. We'll be like the weeble wobble. We'll weeble and wobble, but we don't fall down. Come on, somebody. We just keep on hanging in there. We just keep on persevering. Even in troubled times, difficult times, we don't give up because we got a flat tire on the way to church and it must be a sign God don't want me to go today. Bless God. We change that tire and say if we're late, we're still going to get in the house of God, worship his name, hear the word of God, and our lives will be changed. Hallelujah. Amen. And I don't want to pick on nobody, but I tell you, my, my generation on, we just don't know nothing about perseverance. Some of them old saints, you know, old folks know how to go through some stuff. Amen. Whenever I was out in Missouri, one of my friends that I met out there, uh, Kent Miller, he came and preached here. If y'all remember Kent and uh, his dad, he was, he was tough as shoe leather. I mean, you know, he had chased down rattlesnakes five foot long and, you know, he's 80 some years old. He's out there chasing rattlesnakes and I'm thinking, you know, give me a shotgun. And, uh, he's chasing them down with a little stick and, and, you know, and, uh, he, he caught him a coon and, and he said he was trying to, you know, let the coon out and the coon bit him and, and, uh, he didn't even clean it up or nothing. He just said, well, if he bites me again, ain't going to be good for the coon, you know. And I'm thinking, Lord, you know, people have went through tribulation. They go through hardship. And I'm concerned that we don't know how to go through anything. I'm concerned that, that difficult times don't push us into God, but push us away from God. And the old saints, it wasn't just an option for me to say, well, I'm going to give up on God. But the more the pressure came, the more the tribulation came, it pushed them into the presence of God. Tribulation and pressure and trouble doesn't, is not meant to push you away. It's meant to, to believe that you are anchored and that you are rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. And the only way that you're going to go is deeper. Hallelujah. The only way that you're going to go is toward God. There is no give up in you. Amen. You've got to be have a Caleb spirit, a bulldog spirit that said that I've got, got a hold of this thing and, and I'm not going to let it go. I want that mountain and I'm going to get that mountain. Praise God. Caleb said the pressure is on. He said, I'm now 85 years old, but that same anointing that was on me as a 40-year-old boy, it's still on me today. He said, I'm not asking you for something easy. I'm not asking you for a place that has already been occupied. He said, give me that mountain right over there that's got all the giants in it. Come on. Give me a fight because I'm still anointed. I've still got the authority and the anointing and the power of God. You see, we've got to understand today that it isn't always easy. Some people say, well, if it's the Lord's will, it'll be easy and it must not be God's will because trouble has come. Listen to me. What I have learned and walking with the Lord is if it's worth doing, you're going to have a fight. If God, you see, you don't have no trouble as long as you're walking the same way the devil's going. But whenever you start establishing the kingdom of God in the earth, the devil don't even mind you talking about it. But whenever he starts seeing it manifest in the natural, the kingdom of this world, amen, and you begin to take authority and dominion over something that he has uh, had relinquished authority to, he starts getting nervous and upset and he's going to begin to war against you and try to stop you. If he cannot kill you, he'll try to detour you or turn you around. But I want to hear today, tonight some people that are willing to be pressed into the kingdom and say, come hell or high water, I've made up my mind. I am going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, come on and bless him here tonight. Amen. Amen. 
persecution. When persecution comes, rejoice. <laughs> Just remember they persecuted the prophets which were before you. Tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Don't we need that in our generation? People don't mind lying. It's part of their life. People stand there and tell you a bald-faced lie just as quick as they'll tell you the truth. And not even blink their eyes. It becomes natural. Why? Because they don't have no character. No character. Perseverance will develop character in you. That even when it would be easier for you to tell a lie, you choose to tell the truth because that's what people of character do. Amen. When it would be maybe to your benefit to tell the lie, you choose to tell the truth because in the end, in the end, Hope doesn't disappoint. Amen. The love of God has been poured out in your hearts by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And God is going to take care of you. Glory to God. Is this okay? I'm almost done. I got nine more minutes. Let me ask you a question tonight. Who shall separate you from the love of God? Shall tribulation, shall anguish, burdens, persecution, trouble, distress, shall famine, nakedness, pearl, or sword? Let me know it's easy to read, but when you start applying it to your life, think about it. Huh? It's saying you ain't got nothing left. You're persecuted. You're in distress. Tribulation, which means pressure, affliction, anguish, burdens, trouble. It's all put upon you. You're naked. You don't have no clothes to put on. The sword, they're after you to kill you. But then he determines this, nay, in all of these things. We're led as lambs to the slaughter all day long. But I'm persuaded. Are you persuaded tonight? I am persuaded that neither in life nor death, angels or principalities, things present or things to come, are able to separate me from the love of my God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. How many know that's a made up mind? That's a mind that the devil can't mess with. Amen. That's a mind that when pressures come and when difficult times come, we don't bow in, we don't hunker down, but we say, God, you are my strength, you are my source, and you're my present help in the time of trouble. Amen. Ephesians 3 and verse 10. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and the powers and the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord to whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore, I ask that you do not uh, lose heart at my, my tribulations for you, which is your glory." which is don't lose heart at my tribulations for you. Why? Because God knew that if you was to, didn't go through something uh, now, then the difficult times when they come, the enemy, when he comes in like a flood, amen, then the spirit of the Lord raises up that standard, but you've got to stand. Amen. 
And so God is wanting us to understand that he brings this pressure, this tribulation. Why? For your glory. Now, how can you get glory? It's because he presses us into the kingdom of God. In Luke 16 and 16, it said the law and the prophets were until John. And since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressed into it. You don't sashay into the kingdom. You don't walk into the kingdom. Amen. But you are pressed into the kingdom. Before this time, the people had only heard the law, but they only, uh, only the Jews could benefit from the kingdom. But now John comes preaching the gospel of the kingdom and tells them that it's no longer just available to the Jews, but to everyone who is willing to be pressed into it. Amen. Amen. And now John comes preaching this. You must be willing to be pressed into the kingdom because you will never fit into the kingdom unless you are pressed into the kingdom. Your present form, your present way that you are, you will not be able to enter into the kingdom of God. But there is a pressing of God, there is tribulation, there is persecution that worketh patience, that brings forth a character that will change you into the character and the likeness and the mind of Christ so that you can be into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Are you getting this tonight? Amen. If you must be willing to be pressed into the kingdom, and if you're willing to be pressed into the kingdom, then you will be able to take on the nature and the character of Christ. And John said it like this. uh, He said that I must decrease so that he might increase. Amen. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ lives in me. And so there is a pressing. What is it doing? It is pressing my nature of Adam out of me. I'm preaching better than you're letting on right now. It's pressing that Adam nature out of me and it is bringing me into the character of Jesus Christ. A man now is living on the inside of me. The Holy Spirit is living on the inside of me so that it's no longer I, but it's Christ that lives through me. And so there's a pressing going on that I may decrease so that he might increase. And so I should look more like Christ tomorrow than I, what I do today. And if I am not looking more like Christ tomorrow than what I am today, then that means I have removed myself from the pressing. Glory to God. Have you ever worked on a car? I've worked on a couple, but don't tell nobody. There's there's something in that front wheel, it's called a wheel bearing, right? And that in that front and then that rotor in the inside is that wheel bearing that nobody can see it, but it's so important. If it goes out, everybody will know it. But there's only one way to get that wheel bearing into that rotor. You've got to press it in. You've got to force it in. It's important, but yet nobody sees it. If you're going to be in the kingdom of God, you must be willing to give up your identity, your rights. You must be willing For nobody to ever see you, but only Christ be glorified. Hallelujah. You see, we have enough manifestations of the flesh. We got enough parades of men that are going around and it's all about people driven and and, and, and man driven. But would you do it if nobody ever seen you? Would you do it if nobody ever knew your name? Would you do it if there wasn't any glory? Amen. If if you were like that wheelbarrow and you was pressed into the kingdom and you have an important job but nobody ever sees you, 
Nobody ever knows you're there. But yet, people are being born into the kingdom because you're there. People are being delivered into the kingdom because you're there. People's lives are being changed because you're there. You're making a difference. You're making an impact. But nobody knows that it's you doing it. You see, we have to give up our own identity. We've got to give up our rights. And we must be willing to say it's not us, but it's Christ that lives. John said, I must decrease that he might increase. He will never increase until you're willing first to decrease. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I will by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If you could just walk into the, uh, into the kingdom the way you are, then you can walk out of the kingdom. Amen? If you could just come in, then you could go out anytime you want to. It would be no difference. You could live on the inside of the kingdom the way you lived on the outside of the kingdom. Right? Being slick willy. Come on. Trying to get over, being a player, doing all that stuff. And we'd do it inside the kingdom just like we did on the outside. But God said, "Uh uh-uh. If you're going to come into the kingdom, you've got to be pressed into the kingdom. Why? So that all that stuff that you used to have on you is being forced off. For you to understand, you don't live in the kingdom like you did in the world. Amen. But there is a transition. There is a shift that it's not about your your slick talk and it's not about your moves and it ain't about, amen, all of that stuff. It's about you knowing the king, glory to God. And because you have a relationship with the king, you can get his glory. You can get his benefit. You can get his healing. You can get his deliverance. You can get his manifestation of glory. You can get his joy. You can get his Holy Spirit in your life, glory to God. God. You don't have to come in and try to make it happen. You're forced in, you're pressed into the kingdom and when you're pressed in, you die and now Christ begins to live and on this side of the kingdom, praise God, you don't act like Adam anymore, but you begin to act like Christ, glory to God that is living on the inside of you. You'll not fit in the kingdom like you are in the world. Things have to be forced off of you. It is a term that is chosen here so that we will understand that it isn't always going to be easy. Amen? That it isn't always going to be glory. That it isn't always going to feel God's presence in such a tangible way. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. But we don't always feel goosebumps. We don't always feel glory. But we know we're saved. How do I know I'm saved? Because I've been pressed into the kingdom. And the old man is dead. And the new man is coming to life. And every once in a while, every once in a while, the old man will start trying to live again. He's like Jason. He just shows back up. Huh? Come on, don't act whole all spiritual on me. I have to come down there, talk to you a little bit. Every once in a while, it just shows back up. And we said, where did that come from? Well, Adam resurrected. And we have to crucify it again. How you know? Because Paul said, I have to crucify him daily. Because that old man keeps trying to raise back up. But I've been pressed into the kingdom through tribulation and through hardship and through difficult times. And Christ is living in me. But yet Adam still wants to live. There's this struggle that when I want to do good, evil is present. He said, I find myself doing what I don't want to do. And what I want to do, I find myself not doing. 
He says, there's battle going on. And he said, this pressure is pushing me until I begin to lay those things down, until I begin to look more like Christ every day. Glory to God. And so the further I get into the kingdom, this is how I imagine it in my spirit, in my mind. The further I get into the kingdom, the narrower the road gets. And even if I choose to walk with the Lord down the road a little further, God will let me stop anytime I want to stop. Saved, going to heaven, God's good. But I can just be in that place and be satisfied. But if I want more of God, the road's going to get narrower. Why is the road getting narrower? Because few choose to walk in it. Amen. The closer you get to the king's palace and the kingdom, the less you'll find. If you want to go the extra mile, you'll find out that the road's never crowded. And the further you push in to the kingdom of God and the closer you get to the king, you're going to find out that there's less people traveling that road. Why? Because the further you go, the more you have to deny yourself. It doesn't even mean that it's sin. Are you hearing me tonight? I'm just trying to pastor a little bit. It doesn't even mean that it's sin. But God says, if you, you give this up, then I'll, it'll enable you to go a little closer. Know me a little better. Experience me more. And we can say yes or we can say no. And God's still going to love us. But if we're willing to give it up, those things taken off of us, it may be a habit. It may be an attitude. It may be a thought. Come on. It might be, it might be a bitterness or anger or anxiety toward people of days past or whatever it is. But whenever we're willing to give that up, release it. It's then that it enables us to go into a place we have never been able to go before. Are you with me tonight? I'm almost done. But if we're not willing to release it, I hope this stuff will stay on there. I mean, no, there's places I can't go like this. I can't get through this door over here carrying this stuff. Huh? Y'all ain't talking to me. There we go. Whoop, whoop. See? I'll wake you up. I can't get through these doors carrying this stuff. But God says, if you want to go through that door of deliverance, if you want to go through that place in your life, then you got to give this up. You got to let that bitterness go. You got to let that attitude go. Well, I'm Irish. I'll shut up. Blame it on your grandmother. I'm Indian. Huh? It don't have nothing to do with that. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Don't be blaming it on. Come on. Don't be blaming it on that. We've got a choice to make. And if we're willing, if we want to get through the door, we got to let go of some stuff. Because we're carrying it and it's too wide. But if we'll let it go, we can walk through that door with liberty and freedom and nothing can stop us. We're being pressed into the kingdom. Amen. Paul said in Acts 14 and 22, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. 
tribulation, pressure, affliction, anguish, burden, persecution, tribulation, trouble. Sometimes tribulation can be your friend. Because we don't know what to try or how to do it. And sometimes we'll settle for less than what God has for us. Hear me, I need somebody needs to hear this tonight. We'll settle for less than what God has for us. Because we're safe, we're secure, and we are naturally lazy. Amen. We are naturally inherent lazy when it comes to spiritual things. I'm almost done. I mean, give me just a little extra time tonight. We'll work 20 hours a day. Run ourselves to death for what the flesh wants. But when it comes to our spirit, we won't spend an hour of time in prayer and reading God's word. When it comes to our spirit, we are lazy. We won't pick up our Bible. We won't read the word until we get in trouble. And when tribulation comes, <laughs> when persecution comes, when they start talking about me, come on somebody, it pushes me, it presses me into the word of God. Amen. All of a sudden, the things that I thought were important become not as important as they used to be because I've got to get me some help. Amen. And the tribulation and the pressure becomes my friend because it pushes me, it presses me into the word of God where that there is an answer for my problem. It pushes me into a place of prayer. It presses me into that place, that secret place. Amen. Where that I can experience the presence of God, where I can get direction for my life, where I can get correction for my life so that I do not have to continue to go through this same process of my life, all of my life, but praise God, thank God for the tribulation. Hallelujah, that has come. Thank God for the persecution. Thank God for the pressure. This tribulation that is you're going through today is designed by God. Why? To get you into the kingdom to get you rooted, to get you grounded, to get you established so that when the enemy comes in, he cannot separate you. Your mind is made up. Amen. That's why he said all these things work together for my good. Amen. And now he is forcing me, he is pressing me. He's pushing on me. And he's getting me into the kingdom so rooted and grounded that no matter what comes my way, I will serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God a good cheer for his word tonight. Hallelujah. Can we take time to pray just a minute? Amen. Drew, maybe you can come. Maybe Rebecca, if you want to come play with him there, just whatever you all want to do, however you're comfortable. But I was praying yesterday, and the Spirit of the Lord began to stir in me. Tribulation is your friend. Persecution is your friend. I don't know what you may be dealing with. I don't know where you may be at in your walk with the Lord or what you may be dealing with. But I want you to get a new perspective on what's going on in your life tonight. And understand that it isn't the devil sometimes. You see, sometimes, and, 
and before we go, let me just say that sometimes you've got to be able to discern between the devil and God. Because the devil will bring something to kill you, but God will bring something to make you better. And if it's God, it don't matter how much you curse it, rebuke it, and speak over it, pray over it, declare the word to it. If it's God, it ain't going nowhere. It's come to do a work in you. It's come to change you. It's come to press out that Adam so that Christ can live. It's come to put that old nature away so that you can get rooted and established and grounded into the kingdom so that the king can release his kingdom blessing into your life. I don't like tribulation. I don't like trouble. I don't like affliction. One thing I have learned that through the tests and the troubles and the difficulties of life, if I'll keep the right attitude, keep focused on God, the tribulation has come to be my friend, to take me to a place that I may have never gotten to, except for God allowed this pressure to come to press some things off of me so I could become more like him. Could you stand with me tonight? I don't know who I've come to talk to, but I've come for somebody tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want us just to take a few minutes tonight and let his word soak into us, minister to us tonight. If you just bow your heads for a moment. Say, Pastor, this word's for me tonight. Just say yes to his word. Say yes to his word. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for the promise that are yes and amen. I thank you tonight that tribulation hasn't come to kill us. It has come to press us into the kingdom for such a time as this. I pray tonight, Father, that you would move and minister to each and every one that is here tonight. God, it's not by accident that we have come to this place as such as we have. It's not an accident that this word be released in this season. But God, you are here moving and ministering to us individually as well as corporately. And now, Father, I pray that your anointing and your Holy Spirit will seal the word in every heart and every life that is here tonight. Allow your power and your presence to be made known and manifest. God, that we will not be... God, ignorant of the enemy's devices, but God, that we will be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That, Father God, that your work will be manifest in us. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know. Maybe you may be here tonight. You say, Pastor Brian, you know what? I'm not in the kingdom. I'm not a part of the kingdom of God. I know that I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. Trouble has come. Persecution. Difficulty has come. But I I want God to, to just take me and press me into what he wants me to be. Maybe you're here tonight. You say, Pastor, I love God with my whole heart. I'm in a difficult place. I'm in decisions, I'm in persecution, I'm in trouble in tribulation I want God to work his will in my life, God has a will for us I want him to work that will in us tonight if the Holy Spirit speaking to you this evening I want you just to come and I want to come quickly and come into agreement with you over your life that this pressing season will manifest the will of the Father in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, I pray tonight that you would just honor your word, watch over it, and hasten to perform it in each and every one of our hearts, each and every one of our lives. Let us tonight in the middle of the press not jump out, but we'll be willing to let you complete the work that you've begun within us. In Jesus' name I pray. And amen. Amen. Praise God and praise God. Come on back Sunday morning. Amen. Remember that this Sunday will be our last uh, two Sunday service through the summer. We'll be into one service at 945 Sunday school, 1030.